Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFiera. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Cameron. We are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, I'm going to combine the pleasantries with our first segment because this is something that's kind of an overlap from yesterday's show, a weekly segment that we forgot to do. Brandon, tell us. Are you in or out on Christian Yelich this year? LJ, as of May 17th, when we are recording this, right around 2.25 p.m., um, I am currently in on Christian Yelich. Whoa, here, folks. I am in on Christian Yelich. LJ, you know the week that he had. Um last seven days you know you're still talking uh an ops up there uh you know near the 900 level um i'm in on christian yelich lj as you should be in on christian yelich this is 
this is a bounce back again. I still find it amazing. You know, his game certainly is changing, developing, growing as he gets into his 30s here. But it's still amazing to me. We're talking about a 240 hitter that is now back or that he's having a resurgent season when this guy was a batting title, back-to-back batting title champion. Like, that seems very odd to me to this day. I agree with you. You should be in on him. He's he's on his way back. It's just not nearly as pretty as it once was. That's absolutely right. Um, LJ, before we get anywhere further in the show, I just got some news about uh, a new injury, one that we have not talked about, one that we have not really heard anything about. Brandon Lau of the Rays has a stress reaction uh, shut down for at least three weeks. That's a huge loss for not only Tampa, who's been uh, battling a lot of injuries, but also for my fantasy team. Brandon Al. Brandon Al. On a more serious note, you know. It's Taylor Walls time. Taylor Walls season, baby. Taylor Walls. Um, No, it's really, if anything, it's Vidal Brujan time. Yeah. Are we we ready for a Vidal Brujaha? Well, now, LJ, the, the Rays, they have three switch hitters in their infield if they choose to go. Wander Franco, Bruhan, and Taylor Walls. That's three switch hitters. That's wonderful. You love to see it. Now, now we just got to replace Andy, and you've got to pull two in at the fourth position. Yeah, <laughs> pretty <Huh>. much. <laughs> it, they are the kings of versatility at this point. But either way, this is a huge loss. It's one of the more underrated losses. This is a guy who. Is this back-to-back years in the top 10 of MVP voting? He definitely yeah. got the last two years. Yep. Um, in year four, this guy's already putting up production, or excuse me, year five, production like this where he's gone from rookie of the year runner-up to back-to-back years getting MVP votes. This is a terrific start to a career for Brendan Lau and a necessary one for this team because he is the middle of this order. Like – he's that guy for them. So losing him, losing Manny Margot, it's starting to add up here. It's starting to uh, get a little bit of an injury backup. I don't know how they're going to keep this depth. Like it's amazing to me that they were able to get through the first month, month and a half now, considering all the pitching injuries that they have, considering all the ones that they acquired during that month as well. Like they shouldn't be as deep as they are. At least I didn't think. And so now we're getting that test on the lineup as well as the pitching staff. And it'll be it'll be intriguing to see how it goes for a offense that was already kind of middle of the road. And LJ, one of the guys um, I'm, I'm actually glad that you brought up that there is a platoon at first base. Um, so that would be between G-Man Choi, who we're pretty familiar with. Um, and he's certainly a, a great player. For the race, but the other guy that he's been platooning with is someone named Harold Ramirez. LJ, I don't know if you've seen his Statcast page. Um, I have. I don't. I don't typically frequent. Um, Harold, Harold Ramirez. Ramirez's Statcast page. LJ, pull it up and let's let's hear a live reaction. A um, live reaction to Harold Ramirez while I try to pull it up because uh, this is always incredibly slow. For me, actually, it's coming up very quickly. Never mind. 
Oh dear. That's a lot of red. You want to tell us what he's got there, LJ? Some of the notable. <laughs> um, among notable, we have a 80th percentile in average exit velocity, exit velocity, um, 94th percentile in hard hit percentage, and then we move into his expecteds, where he shines as a 93 percentile in expected woba, 100th percentile in expected batting average, 100th percentile in expected. He is the best. He's expected to be the best batter in the league. He is best at hits. And he is a platoon bat for the race. A platoon bat that's striking out 90s in the 96th percentile. <laughs> now, do you think these numbers are entirely because he's split? Or It could be, but that means that it's working. Yes, it's working very well. Yeah, we're talking about a 565 hitter against right-handed pitching. <laughs> <laughs> and a 933 against left so this platoon is 100% necessary but my dear it is working well LJ let's get into um, I believe you wanted to talk about one of our guys um, from the world's guys He's the world's guys yeah we're gonna stick with the Rays uh, LJ break us down break down this um Brett Phillips home run last night. Well, Brandon, um, of course I can, and you'll be able to hopefully, as long as I don't like completely run out of time today, read a little bit more of my thoughts on Billy Up Sports. Make sure you go out and check that out. We're restarting our MLB Daily Moments articles as frequently as I can get them out. So definitely good to be checked out. Either way, we're talking about the Brett Phillips home run here. I'm sorry, I got completely sidetracked there. Yeah, I'm just trying to pull it up. This dude hits an absolute blast and very high angle. Should have been Brandon. How, how far are we saying that's going? 400. Yeah, I mean, I think that they, they. So I'm pretty sure they they do the projected uh, distance on Statcast, and it only said like 380 something. But I think it's because oh, it got man. screwed up. No, I think it's because it got screwed up with this dumb stadium but you can tell us what happened how did how did it get screwed up lj it it gets screwed up it gets screwed up very very badly as it only is supposed to go 384 according to this because it hits catwalk d the infamous outfield catwalk which has a very simple rule if it hits the catwalk it's a home run i mean there's very little situations where that logic can be argued with except brett phillips wasn't really aware of the fact that it hit the catwalk, or of the logic. Brandon, this man wheels around faster than Lightning McQueen on his way to his first Piston Cup. He was running so fast between second and third base. I haven't seen somebody run this hard in a very long time. Absolutely booking it. And he was booking it before it hit the thing. And doubly so once he saw it was coming down into field of play because he had no clue whether it was a home run or not. It takes him until he is two-thirds of the way home, home to realize that he can start slowing down and that this wasn't a situation. Either way, it would have been an inside-the-park home run. Brandon, what is your um, reaction to this? I mean, first of all, of course it's Brett Phillips out of, out of any player that this happens to. I mean, it just... 
he fits the mold of like being the Alex Caruso of the MLB so well. So well. I mean, he is just the meme player of of the MLB. I'm glad that we that we finally have one. Oh, and we, we have it we have it in full. This is yeah. just the dude just is a walking because he it's not like he's bad. Neither is Alex Caruso. No. At least Alex Caruso wasn't great at the start, but I feel like confidence created Alex Caruso. Uh, Alex Caruso, excuse me. Brett Phillips was always legitimately good and is legitimately useful for his team, and that's why he keeps keeps on coming, keeps on chugging along. It's just this dynamic personality. And yeah, you're right. This can only happen with somebody like Brett Phillips. As I watch it again, this is just, he doesn't get old. It doesn't no. get old at all. Wanna what does get old though, LJ? What? Tropicana Field. Oh, oh! It's just not. It's just not. And I said this to you prior to the show, but I'm gonna say it again. To me, it's just not real baseball that gets played there. It's not between everything that the Rays do and how they manage their team. Then there's literally no fans there <laughs> to to see them play. And then you have all these weird rules. You have the only stadium like in pro sports, at least in games that can be played outside, which is baseball and football. The only stadium that is a complete dome where you cannot remove the dome in any capacity. Actually, I take that back. Maybe one of the football stadiums is like that. But at least in baseball... A complete dome, no retractable roof like the Marlins or the Diamondbacks or the Brewers. No. And then you get all these dumb rules where, oh, if you hit it off of this catwalk, it's out. If you hit it off of this one, it's a double. It's like, what are we doing here? Come on. And No one goes to the game to even see or understand what's going on either. To add to your point, first off, it's Florida people. They don't understand what's going on either way. But <laughs> add to your point, I'm pretty sure that all of the NBA and NHL stadiums do not have retractable roofs. No, I said in sports that can be played outside. Oh, darn. That joke, that joke would have absolutely slapped if I'd heard you correctly. Um, either way, I don't see the problem here. I really don't. If anything, it makes the game more amusing because we get to talk about these things and we get to laugh our butts off about it. More so for the fans that are there, it creates a better product. You get consistent controversy. You get more controversy at that park than you get at any other park in the U.S. And even better for that is it makes these guys play so much harder. He had no way of knowing for sure that that was a home run. He had to book it. He had to bust his butt around those bases. He had to run his hardest the whole way through because he had no clue whether this was going to be ruled a single, even if he made it to third base or a home run or an inside the park home run. He just had to try his hardest. The fact that you don't know what the hell is going on in that stadium makes players play harder and gives a better product. No, you, you absolutely might, might have a point there. (laughs) You absolutely might. I'll give you one more point here. What about the pace of play? What? How does that make it better? 
you just said that it creates controversy, creates drama, which, if well, anything, slows the game down. First off, most most managers who are the only people to argue it these days understand the ground rules. Like, oh the, yeah, especially the ones in division have played there enough that they get the ground rules, and there's not anyone arguing those things. It's just controversy among people watching. I want to more look at the sprint speed. He shaved at, at minimum 15 seconds off his home run, run trot time by absolutely booking it around the bases. If he'd known it was a home run halfway between first and second, he would have slowed way down. All of a sudden, you have a pace of play issue. I mean, if, if you want to go that far to try to curtail pace of play is to the home run trot, then I mean, sure. Like, yeah, sure. It was it was faster. But wouldn't yeah. you just rather have him, him struck out? It's a lot shorter of a walk from home, from, from, from home to the dugout than it is around the bases. Is like that what every, per, every person who complains about pace of play, is that the dream game? Is a, a, like a leadoff home run, and then literally every other batter just hits into like a ground out or strikes out from there, just like on like one or two pitches. No, but there, Brandon, you have to understand there are there 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 are a hundred percent ways like this can easily be shorter. Well, no, I know, I know, I know. I'm I am being like kind of an asshole, but also like I I, I do have a point. Like, no, you they, do. But at some point, you can't change the game so much just to make it go a little bit quicker. Like, have the games been really faster this year? I'm going to look right now because I know where to find it on Baseball Reference. I, I can't believe that they've been that much That sounded like a, like a sales pitch there for Baseball Reference. I know where to find it on Baseball Reference. Oh, I do know where to find it. <laughs> What do you right call here. It? Attendance and miscellaneous. Either way, it's not about what the major league games are doing. It's about what the minor league games are doing. All right. There's only two teams that have under three hour long games um, on average so far this year. That would be the Tampa Bay Rays at two hours and 58 minutes. And the Tigers at two hours and 58 minutes. Yeah, that's because their games are over by the fourth inning. Um, Yankees and Red Sox naturally rank towards the top um, in the time. They're not in the top three, but they're number four and number five. So, hear me out. I think this if the league doesn't want to start giving this out, we should start giving this out. The for the fastest home run trot, and I think it would just make things more fun. Because yes, some people have really good home run trots, and it's fun and it's exciting. But I want there to be like. I can see Brett Phillips competing for it. I could see even like Kirk Casale, like some of these slower guys. Kirk Casale, even Trey Turner. I want some of these guys. <laughs> Trey Turner would look like an absolute goofball after because he's so good. Dude just hits a home run. It's like, what does this guy have? No like class or anything. He's just sprinting around the bases. Well, at, the, at that point, they'd get it. But if they started measuring, well, they do measure average. Can we get Otani in it? Like yep. he's fast. I'm just trying. I'm trying to figure out who's goofy enough to do it. Joey Votto. Joey Votto. Votto would try his hardest. But in literally just, he has to actually play and hit a home run first, though. He has in order to actually to do hit it. the ball. He has to make contact in order for that to... Second half, though. Big second half coming from Joey V. 
but either way, like that would just be so entertaining to just watch. Not everyone would be doing it or everyone would want to do it, but the guys that would just absolutely hossing it around the bases every <laughs> single time they hit a home run. And you'd have to like adjust for like per home run or not even per home run, but something's so, like you're benefited by hitting more home runs, but it's not the entire the, the thing. X home run trot. Is that the new stat? Yes. X home run trot. Oh. All right. Where to next? I believe we wanted to talk, talk about um, Johnny Cueto, right? Uh, the White Sox. He makes his debut. It was his debut for the White Sox, correct? It was his, yes, his debut for the White Sox. Uh, I believe, yeah, he had a minor minor league contract with an option to get out on, like, I believe, the 15th. So either he activated it or said he was going to, and so they decided, all right, we're going to bring him up. Because, frankly, they needed him. And honestly, I, yeah. I wish they hadn't waited so long. Probably wasn't necessary, even though his numbers weren't great in AAA. You know, you really did. You desperately needed health in this rotation. So anyway, they bring him up after that date and he gets his first start yesterday. Brandon, he allows four base runners on two walks and two hits over six innings and fanned seven batters. That includes, I believe, three perfect innings. And there was also a lot of classic Johnny Cueto uh, where he has... 15 different windups, 15 different ways that he delivers the ball to the plate. He's just the master of a messing with timing. And you could even say that a guy like Nestor Cortez is a <laughs> disciple of Johnny Cueto. Oh, 100%. No one was, again, there hasn't been somebody in the popularly televised baseball era where like every single game is accessible to people. Like this is the first era. He was the first guy of that era. If I, is I guess what I'm saying, like prime Johnny Cueto going through the early 2010s and you're a, Nest a young Nestor Cortez. You're learning to pitch on the high school level. And you see this guy who's doing a lot of things with timing and you're like, Hey, maybe I'll try that. That doesn't happen in times prior where you were really only getting the regional games and then maybe one national game a week. So, again, we're going to see more guys kind of adopt this, I hope, especially like Nestor being in a big East Coast market instead of a big West Coast market where Johnny was. We'll probably do a lot, but you can't tell me that every single kid in New York isn't going to be trying to do something with their timing. Box in high school baseball this year are going to rise at a dramatic rate in these next couple of years, especially if Nestor wins the Cy Young this year. If Nestor wins the Cy Young, you don't. I I, I will be apoplectic. I I would have no idea how to even like fathom that. I mean, this is a guy I saw pitch for the Yankees in 2019. Goes back to Baltimore for 2020. Comes back to the Yankees for 21 and 22, and it's it's incredible what he's done so far. Um, but as for Johnny Cueto, just. Great start. LJ's absolutely right. The White Sox needed some kind of pitching depth here. Um, do we know when, like, 
Lance Lynn is coming back? What's what's the deal here? I have not heard a Lance Lynn return exactly. I saw the last uh, word was like June. June, but okay. And then Giolito <laughs> went it, this undisclosed thing that, that he's been on the IL for. Like, they literally haven't said what it is. Well, he's coming back tomorrow. Okay, so. He's making his first start back tomorrow. Either way, that's a very a very full, very healthy uh, or healthier rotation now adding Cueto and adding Giolito back in very quickly. That that can really provide some momentum for this team. Currently, though, they do have set up. No, they don't. I just can't. They have a doubleheader today. So they do have, have a doubleheader today. So in a way that they've got their own little six-man rotation going, Brandon, you know who doesn't have a six-man rotation anymore? The Houston Astros. Um, we were both watching this game last night as Jake Odorizzi starts to struggle. I believe it was in the fifth inning of that game. And, you know, he was having a tough time with, I believe it was a blister on his finger. You could tell he was wiping it. He was, he was uh, checking it. It was t- certainly tender and it looked like there was some blood or discharge that came off onto his pant. And so I text Brandon and I'm like, there goes the Astros six man rotation. There was no way in my mind he was, getting back out there for that next start on that nasty, a blister that he's trying to pitch through. Then he goes to try to field the ball, Brandon. And that was one of the most unexpectedly rough falls, immediate falls, weird face plants that we've seen in uh, a baseball game in a while. I mean, how often do you see a guy get hurt like that? Um, Like he basically, I think the best way to explain it is he was just going, he's trying to cover first and just kind of like uh, fell down. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, it. It was the turn over to like going towards first base as he went to run towards it. He gets right out of his throwing motion and immediately tries to break towards first. And they mentioned on the broadcast last night that it is not an Achilles tear, but it is an Achilles injury. We have no clue what that looks like right now. And I also don't entirely know how they know for sure that it was an, an Achilles tear, even like something partial or whatever it might be, because they were they were telling us that mid-game, and yes, they had the rain delay right after that, but I find it unlikely that they have a full-on diagnosis two and a half hours after the injury. Yeah, um, that's that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, Oda Rizzi still pitched – like not bad um no he, he was he was dealing he was he, he he was dealing um he only allowed three hits um he gets two runs but only one of them were earned and this was actually the second best win the red sox have had this year the first one being when they beat the yankees on that first sunday night baseball um oh right? you think that's I was going to say the Braves won on Monday night. Yeah, and no, I mean, I I haven't been keeping too close with, they, these, with like game by game, but I would imagine that 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 you guys beating the Yankees in that opening series in that last game is has it has to be one of your better wins. No, I mean, yes, it got a lot of hype going because the floodgates have been broken, but opening days don't feel the same anymore because the Red Sox have now three straight, four straight years been absolutely absolutely shellacked in their opening series and i don't think they 
they carry the same weight. If anything, it was just a sigh of relief. I would say as big as that game is, I think them blowing out Atlanta on Monday night last week was bigger. And this Astros game was huge, especially seeing you get it in a safe situation. Xander goes yard. Trevor Story hits an absolute shot over the monster. Yeah, off of Phil Maton, who's actually not that bad of a reliever either. He got a lot of work in the postseason last year. Um, shout out Jake Diekman for managing to blow a save without allowing a hit or a run. So that's cool. Um, yeah, no, Red Sox bullpen actually did something. So They did something, a miracle. Unfortunately, we get a um... – it's so indicative of just this getting screwed over. Cause I mean, John Schreiber has pitched really, really well for this team. He's the guy who gets sent in right before the rain delay. And so you only get a third of an inning out of him. Matt Barnes comes out and looks like Matt Barnes. So they have to take him out after a third of an inning. It, it was a rough, rough path to nine innings for this bullpen, but they got there. I mean, LJ, at what point do the Red Sox just say enough's enough with Matt Barnes? I mean, the contract that he's on, he's got eight million this year, eight million next year. If the Mets were willing to dump Robinson Cano's contract, is there any reason why the Red Sox wouldn't be willing to dump Matt Barnes? I mean, what value has he brought to the team this year? He's a Yukon Husky. <laughs> Does that count for anything? Um, him and Dan Orlovsky can. Um, him, Dan Orlovsky, and George Springer can all and go to George the Springer. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there's plenty of alum. Either way, um, it's mostly pride at this point. Just because he made the All Star game last year, he stole the AL just, reliever of the month in April from Chapman. Um, you know, it's just because. I think they gave him all of that money and they're thinking, Oh, it's only two years. So we got to at least stick through most of this year to see if things turn around. I think you move him first off, get him out of such high leverage roles. If he pitches after the sixth inning again for a while, I'd have a problem. Like he should be one of the last guys out of this bullpen for a while, but knowing him, this is a guy who has been good for a while overall i would say his last year was really good he, it was good it was amazing for the first half and horrific for the second half so it kind of balances out the rest of the time he always has really good stretches and really bad stretches like he hasn't pit, i don't think he's pitched a full season of quality baseball since maybe 2018 hmm. oh so if if we're talking about keeping him around if you don't aren't willing to eat that money just for pride's sake then you might as well keep him around because he's probably going to turn it on at some point during the summer yeah i mean it would be crazy for him to all of a sudden not be able to put together like a single good stretch of games for the whole season that would be pretty shocking and it's not even just stretches for him Brenton. we're talking about last year it was the entire first half was ridiculously good yeah really really good like really 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 good yeah exactly and then we go i'm gonna pull up the 2019 because need month by month um yeah here we go um opponents ops 
plus was a 64 in April, 82 in May, 145 in June, five in um, July, five. 166 in August, 84 in September, October. So other than like May or what was it, June and August? Where June and he, August. June and August. Other than that, he was as pretty pretty locked down as you can get. And ultimately, we kind of know this or should know this by now. It's a matter of he can't handle that many high leverage innings. Like they threw him into – that was the year they did, went without a traditional closer because they had like – they didn't have Kimbrell but they had a couple good options. So they're like, oh, we'll just kind of mix and match depending on the situation. He got every high level leverage inning for the first three months of the year. Workman and Brazier worked the other two innings. But all of a sudden, come June, he had so many that he was, he was gassed on that. Like, not necessarily like fully tired, like rest, he was fine. But that high leverage innings are a lot to put on a guy. So, you know, this is – been proven time and time again if we give him a lesser role i think there's a path back on this but there's one more comment i wanted to make on this um astros red sox game before we head out of here brandon you seem to have some thoughts when i mentioned it earlier bob costas i kind of liked it i can't i I mean i i certainly can't complain i kind of wish i could see more bob costas on baseball games what are your thoughts I mean, Bob Costas is someone that I, at least the growing up and having always wanted to attend Syracuse University, certainly someone that I've looked up to for, for quite a while. Of course, he is a Syracuse alum and um, is phenomenal with pretty much every role he gets put into. Um, he's been doing it for a long time. He can, even if he's given a not-so-good color commentator. He's been doing it for so long, and he's so good that he can carry them to having a good broadcast. Um, When it comes to baseball, I certainly don't mind him. I think he is um, very good at some some, uh, points. Um, Obviously, he's not as in touch with the entire league as some of the other play-by-play guys are, especially the regional guys, of course. But... His storytelling, his ability to uh, just, I guess, commentate in general um, has made it very, makes him a very likable, um, at least in my mind, very likable to me um, when he's commentating games. But I certainly know that there is some people I've seen on Twitter that are not a fan of Bob Costas commentating baseball. And I can understand that because the reason I don't like Bob Costas commentating baseball is the exact reason I like him commentating baseball. If that makes any sense, it probably doesn't. But the biggest complaint I can have is he decides to comment on very odd things. Like last night, he randomly decided to start talking about how the home plate umpire really calls out where the ball was like ball low, um, stuff like that and it's like it's something that usually happens so no one thinks too much of it and it isn't hardly ever commented on by the play-by-play or color guys like that's not something they're focused on but he gets kind of focused on those things and it's like partially like makes you think for a second 
that's weird. What what's going on here? Are you even paying attention to the game? Like, do you get it? But why I like him so much is because it's very conversational, which feeds very well into baseball because it's such a slow sport and you get time to really take everything in before the next play is happening. He talks about the whole low and away thing that kicks off a three, four minute conversation between him and the color guy about, yeah. I, don't, I don't even remember what it was, but I went from being very turned off by his initial comment to very invested in the conversation he was having. And I think that's amazing. That's really good for baseball. Yeah. He's certainly a guy that, um, at least from what I've, um, uh, picked up on over the last few years, he has gained a uh, quite, or I shouldn't say gained, but he understands the advanced stats more now um, and is certainly uh, capable of talking about them and presenting them in a way that makes it easy to understand. Would you say that that's true? Yes. Again, especially because he's literally, he's just talking it out. Yeah, That's you don't get with a lot of guys. No, like he'll be like, you know, so this this stat, like he might be talking about OPS plus, and then since he's so good at presenting and commentating, he can fully, like LJ says, lay out the stat, explain to you exactly what it means in very simple terms, and you understand it. And I think that's what makes good sports commentators good is they take some very complex things that can be happening in sports. Um, and break them down and make them easy for us to understand. It's, it's amazing. But that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to check us out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod. And until then, we will see you tomorrow. Uh, wait, LJ, we actually have a guest tomorrow. Yes, Matt VC from Philly's Bell will be in to talk to us. We're going to sit down and talk about, you know, what's going well, what's not going well with the Phillies season. What the heck is going on with Bryce Harper as he's on an absolute tear after his own personal tear. So we are. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you guys look forward to it as well. Well, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 